Philadelphia. Are you ready? <laughs> this is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. and welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Wrestling Presents Fallout. And today on the show, I get to sit back and have fun, and I get to be the moderator. And it'll be Joe going up against our guest today, Scott Rand, a friend of the show. Scott, welcome to Brotherly Love. Thanks, guys. I am thrilled to be here. As you can see, I'm definitely a, a Philly guy, a Philly fan, and follower of the show. So I'm honored to be here. This is apparently our new thing. We just let whoever the fuck we want on the show. And I was come, getting, uh, yeah, you're come, obviously desperate now. So if, come if down to this. If you're out there watching and you want to participate, we're letting any schmo on. Exactly. It, it, it also <laughs> helps that, that Scott lives in the now with us. So This is true. That's the other reason why you know, he is on the show. So Very much. All right. So, Scott, <laughs> since you are our guest – um, I will give you the first pick. Oh, you're such a gentleman. And you will be going first. So you can pick any one of our six topics we have for tonight. Ooh, wow. All right. Well, let's see here. I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with the uh, Shayna Baszler topic. Okay. So uh, the yeah. question or the, of the topic is, was Shayna Baszler not beating Becky for the belt, the worst booking decision for the women's division of the year so far. And now you either say it is or it isn't, and then plead your case. Okay, well, I'm ready when you are. Go ahead. I'm going to say that no, it was not the worst booking in the women's division this year because okay. I think the worst booking this year was – Charlotte Flair going over Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. I think that killed all of Rhea's uh, momentum that she had built up over the year. Uh, I saw no reason for Charlotte Flair to go over someone new, a new star. Um, and it basically, you know, after that, Rhea disappeared for a while. She's only recently come back. Um, you know, Shayna, on the other hand, um, you know, I, I like the whole gimmick she had going with uh, with Becky. Just it was kind of off from the beginning. Like, so maybe her booking wasn't so good. But I think overall, um, I wouldn't say it was the worst this year. Hmm. All right. All right. Go ahead, Joe. And I get, I get that it was the worst booking for the women's division of the year, and it absolutely was because uh, Rhea Ripley losing might not have been the, the best move, but she's not main roster yet. She's still NXT. She's still down – well, not down, over in NXT, where she's still forced to be reckoned with. She just beat two people 
one of them being a man last week. So what this has done for Shayna is completely derail her. When she was brought up, she was unstoppable. When she went into the elimination chamber, utterly unstoppable. Feeling like you're begging that you're building this big time next big thing in the female division. And what happens? You have her lose. Oh, and then what happens? Becky gets pregnant and has to cough up the title anyway. So you not only killed her once, you killed her twice. If you would have just given it to her at that time period, you have your next big thing. Becky goes away, and now you have all this talent chasing. But now you have nothing. All right. You have your uh, 30 seconds, Scott. Go ahead. Uh, I still feel like Rhea was the hot hand, the better character. So I, I kind of feel like it hurt her more in the long run. Um, Shayna, I think that she could have recovered uh, and, you know, they could have done something more with her. But I really feel like Rhea was the one they could have capitalized on and they, they had their chance and they blew it. And as far as Becky, you know, getting pregnant, well, I think all we can do is blame Rollins for that. Um, so uh, it's entirely his fault on that part. He really threw off everything. Right. <laughs> My 30 seconds. Yep. All right. The real thing she was the hot hand at that time because she's a face. Let's face it. The face is usually the hot hand. But what they're lacking is your next dominant force. That was already on the main roster that you had that takes the place of a Ronda Rousey, who you also lost. So mm-hmm. yep. you have yep. that legitimate badass. That legitimate badass does not lose to Becky Lynch. She wins. She gets that big push. And now you're able to have people chase. Now it feels like since she lost, that division went downward. Because Becky's – she her, her reign, had she had done enough. She had done it all to that point. While she's at her highest, you need to have someone beat her. All right. Those are good arguments. Hmm. Okay, Joe. You're back. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. I'll go with this one. WWE reportedly has bought Evolve. Is mm. this the death of the company or the resurgence? I'm going to say... I don't, I, it's hard to say. Like I feel like it's not a resurgence. I think it's more a death of the company. I think the resurgence was it was it was at it was at one of its peaks. Like it, it had run on the network and whatnot. It was at one of its peaks. I think this is more the death because I think like who's who's going to work for the company? The, the or are they even going to run shows as Evolve, or are they going to WWE it and change the name completely? I mean, how many people and things have lost their name from what they were once WWE has bought the rights to them? I don't think Evolve is Evolve anymore. 
I think Evolve might be something different, and I think WWE will muck it up because they have a lot on their plate right now. They have a lot to focus on. I don't think that they can put all their focus into running a developmental for your developmental. I think just buying them out, they get the, the library, and I think you can watch old matches, and I think that's pretty much it. All right. Scott? Well, I think he touched on it right on the end there is why I, I see the resurgence. Um, I think with Evolve, what you've got there is an amazing, amazing back catalog library that most of your WWE audience has not seen yet. And it's, it's a back catalog that features all the current superstars that you see in NXT that you love. I know for myself, uh, I've, I own a lot of the, the Blu-rays, but there's so much to the story. There's so much out there. There's potential, you know, hours and hours of content. Um, so I think with them acquiring Evolve, you're going to see a resurgence in the product. Maybe this is going to be the start of what NXT used to be, where you're going to see some newer stars, some younger stars, some more creativity, because basically, unfortunately, NXT has really fallen into a, a just a reactionary uh, programming and to combat AEW, and it's kind of lost what it has. So I, I think this is how we're going to see uh, a resurgence definitely with Evolve. Wow, I didn't see that going that way. Go ahead, Joe. I mean, yeah, I can see the 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 people having the catalog and going back to watch it, but I think the people that you're going to see doing that are going to be the people that want to reminisce about it because. Promotion is everything, and if you promote it once, that's fine. You know about it, but it's I see it falling into the same turmoil as a 205 Live when they released that. So you already have a back catalog of old matches of people, but how many people actually tune in to, to the 205 Live that used to happen? I mean, it would be the same type of product. So I feel like even if they do keep it, they're not going to put all their eggs into that basket. Right. Yeah, I think the, the key really with Evolve isn't going to be so much new content, new matches, new stars. Um, I think it's really going to be, again, just, you know, another outlet for um, the network and, and more content and content that, you know, during this time when it's becoming a little dry watching the empty arena matches that you may get people you know, picking it up now to see these these older matches. But um, uh, the newer, like, I don't think you're going to see it so much as a new touring brand. Um, but I, I do think, like, you'll see a resurgence in the interest in the old product. So that's not really a resurgence, Dan. That's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> I know that doesn't count, but I'm yep. just throwing that out there. <laughs> You know, it can be a resurgence in the popularity. Um, yeah, we should have defined resurgence a little bit better, Larry. I had to switch up my game plan because I had a whole different answer for the other option. But you gotta, <laughs> this, that's, what, this, that's what makes it a little rough. Watching this, I, you got to be ready to go the, either way. This yeah. is the nature <laughs> of the beast of the show. 
Exactly. You don't, you don't exactly. always get to defend the side you want. I exactly, and that's you got to be prepared for the right one doesn't get you, the left one will. All right. So as a moderator, I'm going to take over. I'm going to pick one center right there. <laughs> oh, you're going to pick one. Okay. So the one that I've really been looking forward to hearing about is uh, mm. Bully Ray. His contract uh, has yes. ended with Ring of yes. Honor, and it doesn't look like they're going to be signing anybody back, um, including him. So yeah. with Aces and Eights being teased on Impact, do you think it's time, and should he go to Impact and uh, maybe join up the Aces and Eights thing? And I go first this time? Yes, it is your you turn. Did. You're up. I could I could speak for an hour on why Bully Ray should leave Ring of Honor for okay. so many reasons. All right, well, you got a minute and thirty, um, so try and I know, so I got to keep <laughs> it short. Um, obviously, yeah, the the tease with Impact Aces and Eights, uh, it's it's great for Impact because they need something because you know everything losing some top stars, uh, getting some interest back. So yes, Bully Ray being part of that is great. Uh, and him leaving Ring of Honor is long overdue. Um, you know, it was great when he first came back for a while, but then he just got into this pattern where it was the same program, the same storyline over and over again. So, yes, 100%, uh, he needs to leave. Go to Impact. It's going to be good for both companies. Short and sweet. All right, so I'm going to take this a different route. Definitely Ring of Honor. But no, don't head to Impact. Don't play your old hits. Don't WWE it and freaking bring back the Aces and Eights. Head over to your pals over at AEW and really get that ECW feel because you already got Taz and you got Taz running the mic. Why not? Bully Ray, keep him out of the ring. Keep him out of competition. Give him a microphone. Has always been a phenomenal person and getting people invested in what he has to say. If they want to go this route of people having a mouthpiece for AEW, let Bully Ray be the mentor for someone because he should be handing down knowledge. He should be handing down the way to do things. He doesn't need to do that in the ring. He should be going to AEW, fresh start, fresh talent. Bully Ray would work wonders with an MJF. MJF already but he doesn't need him. He's too good. You're, you're Thank you for taking the words out of my mouth. <laughs> he, he doesn't, like, no, no, he doesn't need him, but he puts that extra icing on the cake to elevate him to the top level because he's not there yet. He's not at that top level. Bully Ray could get him there. Is it my right. turn now? Yeah, you're good. Yes. He still had Thank 12 you. seconds, but we're good. Oh. Go ahead, 30 seconds. Go ahead. You want your okay. – Oh, you got 30. I don't want Bully Ray anywhere near AEW. I I like Bully Ray. I like him a lot, I, but I like him in certain things. I love him on Busted Open. I think he's got a brilliant mind when he's talking about WWE. I think, honestly, that's where he should go uh, if you want another option. I mean, just his creative mind and input, if they would listen to him. But AEW is not the place. That is That is for new stars like MJF. Um, Bully Ray and the ECW vibe does not work with AEW at all and you know I love my ECW but that's why you need them in Impact because they seem to hang on to that longer than anybody 
you're saying that they don't have that ECW feel, and they and they don't. But ha- adding more of those types of guys would give them that extra added feel to it. They could bring that with them. I mean, you have, like I said already, you have Taz, Bubba Ray, or Bully Ray, or whatever he wants to be called, AEW Ray. <laughs> no. He yeah. could bring that element to AEW, which is an element that they've never had, that they could really use. So bringing him there gives him that option. Hmm. Yeah, you turn. I, I wasn't uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting a going to AEW, especially out of your was I. Sometimes you don't get to play the hand you're dealt. <laughs> or the hand you want. You got to get creative. So, and no one's uh, got a more creative mind than this. Ah, just when we think you have all the answers, <laughs> Joe changes the questions. All right, I so Joe, my pants. Joe, it's your turn, and uh, I'm picking this one again. And I'm going to pick the one with uh, if New Japan aired live mm-hmm. on Wednesday nights, would it beat out AEW and NXT in the ratings? This one's close to home for me, so I'm going to turn the camera a little bit. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Here's the thing. When I I wrote this, uh, when I wrote this, I'm not starting my time yet. Okay, I got you. Oh, okay. I I wanted this to be the grand finale. (laughs) Oh. And you you robbed me of it because I think this, (laughs) this this is one of those questions. But you're versatile. You can jump in at any time and change your mind. Now, you can start my time right now. This was a tough one. When I thought of the question, it was a tough one because I was on both sides as well. But I think if New Japan runs live, I don't think they beat out AEW. I don't think they beat out AEW for a stretch of time because – AEW's got the hot hand. AEW's got their stars that were the big names over here in the States already working for that company. They're the reason that they watch AEW now is for those stars, like the Kenny Omega, like the Young Bucks, like Cody, and I think that's pretty much it. That was the, the <laughs> elite of the Bullet Club. That's the reason that they watch. I think if New Japan comes over, I think they have to gain – a lot of that fan base that is already split as it is. But I don't think that they pull the top number of the three wrestling shows. And I think part of that is network based because I don't think that they come in and they get a big enough network to compete with TNT or USA, which would stifle them to begin with. I think that they would eventually get to a bigger spot but i don't see them as they climb i think aw continues to climb higher they could possibly beat out nxt but i don't think they beat out aw all right used everything for that one holy shit sure did like on dead on i set the alarm (laughs) off yeah All right. Yeah, ahead, this one, I, I agree. This would have been a good finale because this is uh, my time hasn't started either. I got you. Um, this is all. This is also a tough one because um, you know I, I, there's the reality of the situation. 
what I what I truly believe, and then what I'm faced with right now, and what I'm going to have to argue. Um, but I can do it because I can speak from the heart. So <laughs> I'm ready to begin. Go ahead. Um, I think that New Japan would have a real shot at you know getting ratings and you know getting up there and and being a strong competition for AEW, for NXT, but it certainly would not happen overnight um, because New Japan is a promotion that is steeped in tradition. It is steeped in history. It is uh, long storylines uh, that are played out over the course of a year, uh, in some cases, even more years. Um, but I think the appeal uh, would be in the actual competition, the reality aspect of it. Um, I don't think you see any harder striking or uh, harder hits than anywhere that you do in New Japan. And I think that could catch on with people. Uh, the toughest thing would be they would have to obviously have English commentary, uh, a lot of subtitling and uh, a little more push of characters to get over with the American audience. But I think then uh, it would be a struggle. It would take some time, but I think eventually they could definitely compete with the other two. I think that they could compete, but I do not think they will ever win. If you look at the numbers now and AEW's in such a niche market and they're an American based company, with a foreign company coming in, that brings a smaller than what we're already dealing with niche market that wouldn't know about it. And not only that, to touch on your last point, you've seen what big numbers do when foreign talent comes on. And you get the what chance and you get the asshole chance that it would take them so long to get past that over in America because over Japan is one thing. They're very respectful. Mm. Over here, we're not as respectful. <laughs> we're a lot louder. We're a lot more vulgar. We speak our opinion. I think it would, it would take them to even get to the 600,000 or to 700,000 or when fans come back and AEW is able to pull 800,000. I think that would take them years and years and years to get to that point over here because I think that I think the subtitles would get old. I think being patient for them to learn the language while they're over here, I don't think there would be enough patience for it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had to argue this logically and not from the heart. Like you. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Scott, your final. Oh, yeah, I, I feel your pain, trust me. Um, I, I think, yeah, I agree. It would definitely be something that if it were to happen, it would, it would take time i mean years literally also a major thing would have to be that new japan would have to start touring america on a regular basis and really uh americanizing at least uh the promoting of their shows which um unfortunately in the past they haven't quite caught on to that yet they were starting to show little glimmers of it uh but they haven't quite gotten the hand of it at the hang of it yet uh they got to be better uh have more ex accessibility for their wrestlers uh meet and greets and, and things like that i think they would definitely 
to get more of a presence and and any chance of winning the ratings war would be increasing live shows. All right. Very generous with that. I was with you too. Like I said, that was a tough one, man, because I, I know the reality of the situation. But hey, got to give him a shot. <laughs> Larry, Larry put me under the gun last night, and he's like, "I got questions. What do you got?" And I said, "I got nothing." So I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, I wasn't thinking so much wrestling. I was thinking so much who I knew I was facing and what kind of because I didn't want to do the cookie cutter, like um, storyline. What's going on right now? Because we do that all the time. I wanted to get more broad with all of wrestling because we know yeah. your knowledge, your knowledge of other promotions is better than ours in some cases. Yes. Well, I've, I do have, you know, a, a few more years on you fellas. I've, I've got 35 years as a fan. So I, I consider Fair. myself the, the elder statesman of brotherly love wrestling. <laughs> so there you go. The I'm, wise. Yeah, I'm probably at 28, but I mean, the, yeah. the memory, the memories that I had, like when I was a kid, obviously I only remember like a lot of like the fun and good stuff. Like I don't remember. Yeah. Well, that's I'd oh, probably, yeah. I'd probably anyone as a fucking kid, to be honest with you, or anyone that, that isn't looking at it subjectively. Yeah. I kind of miss those days too. I miss the not knowing everything, you know, not knowing the sexual exploits of every single wrestler <laughs> or the daily activities behind the scenes and you know but that's where we are now but back then it was yeah it was definitely more uh, just for the enjoyment factor some of it is cool like some of the modern stuff like the the spin-off things like you get like the being the elites those are like that's a, oh, yeah. that's, a that's a cool thing to do because it's still it still intertwines storyline yes mm-hmm which is really cool. Like that, I do appreciate that sense. Like I wish more people would use social media like that. Yeah, like because was, they they pay off their storylines. They rarely do anything without a reason. Like the the bigger the bigger indie promotions that are followed by more. Like if they did like YouTube shows and stuff like that. Like I feel like they would benefit greatly from that. And like, they're silly. Like but if they're in character and whatnot, and they're like. I feel like that's that's the way to use social media, not so much all the behind the scenes shit and like what's your favorite um, sexual position, but yeah, no, a lot of the a lot of the promotions right now because they don't have new content, they're really some of them are doing really well with their online shows. MLW is keeping my interest, Ring of Honor, and then they're doing you know, all kinds of social media stuff. And those, I think those promotions, they get it. This is the perfect time to work on promos. This is the perfect time to have, I think Mm -hmm. everyone who's not signed should have done some sort of round robin promo tournament just to see, just to get yourself more over. Yeah. Like I think that would have, I think that would have caught traction. I think that would have been huge for, the time off like i know it would have it probably only would have lasted a week or two but still yeah and it's keeping keeping it fresh in people's minds i mean i know certain feuds are continuing you know online and during all this um ring of honor with vincent and uh taven like they've been doing little things here and there to keep that in people's minds so when things get back up and running it's still going to be fresh in their head 
and it's kind of a lot of stuff's to. very creative i mean you you can't you have to though right now like you have to get creative mm-hmm. no you can't if you can't literally get in the ring and do anything else you have to find a way to keep yourself relevant i yeah. feel like this time, i feel like this time could have been used so so much more efficiently mm-hmm. there's there's glimpses here and there yeah but if everyone would have just been like fuck it let's let's do something as a as a whole yeah yeah as a whole <laughs> <laughs> or whole of a Is that what <laughs> yes I was trying to think of that. I I couldn't think of that. (laughs) All right. So what do you say we get back to a couple topics? Sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? We got two left. (laughs) And uh, since you wanted to talk about all of wrestling, let's go with, does wrestling need more protective finishers? Protected finishers. Excuse me. So uh, let's see. Believe Scott's your turn. To go first i believe you are correct sir um okay i yes absolutely protected finishers um i mean going back to what we were just talking about back in the day you know the finish was the finish when jake roberts hit the ddt it was over when hogan did the leg drop it was over um there was none of this kicking out and false finishes so it was it was part of the overall story um, and then when someone actually would kick out or beat someone, because that finish was so protected, it was a bigger deal. It, it made such an impact. Um, you know, there's so many, so many moves that guys can do instead of their one true finisher. Uh, going back to New Japan for a moment, for instance, they, I think they do a pretty good job of protecting finishers. Uh, Kenny Omega when he was there with the one-winged angel. Uh, you see that now still in the AEW. Um, there's certain moves that, you know, people aren't going to kick out. So I, I, think it's, I think it's a vital part of wrestling. It's a vital part. Uh, that's why we, we have to have them. Hmm. All right. So for off the top of my head, I can think of two protective finishers, and you stated one. I believe the other one is End of Days by Corbin. I don't think anyone's kicked out of that one mm-hmm. yet. I think those are your only two protective finishers. And to a point, maybe years ago, I would have agreed with you, but now knowing the fan base, and I will speak to this as logically as possible, we can't have protected finishes anymore because it becomes too predictable then. And we're already living in a time where there's too much predictability with the finishers now being protected and you know, it's the end. It is now, it now sucks the joy out of what the wrestling fan wants to see today and what they've grown. You can thank Shawn Michaels and undertaker for that. And pretty much the killing off of, the protected finish because the tombstone pile driver was it. The tombstone pile driver was it. And you knew that until Shawn Michaels kicked out of it. And now you elevated the fans excitement even more. So now when the, when the finishes are protected, you lose that, you, you know, it's over, you lose that excitement. So if you have too many protected finishes, you've just eliminated one of the greatest aspects of wrestling going right now, which is, that extra 
go. That extra added on excitement to a match. Right. This one also should have been the finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the finisher, right? The finisher, the protected finish, yeah. Um, I, I, still, I still go back to, I think it's just a, a, a great storyline element, and I, I think that you need that one move that a wrestler has that he'll only pull out, you know, uh, when he absolutely needs it or – it's the be-all, end-all, the right moment. Um, I've even seen cases where, um, you know, a, a guy will try and get it, but it, it gets countered, and you just get that sense of drama of, of oh, he was almost going to hit the, uh, the one-wing angel, to use that example. Um, I, I just – I Time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait till he gets back on. Yeah, hold on. There he is. Jeez, you guys are playing around. He, yeah. he gave you a really good grace period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was rambling. <laughs> so, give me one second. Mm -hmm. Gather it. I got gather you. <laughs> Take so, your time, Joe. <laughs> When you're talking about that, that person building up for that final move, that was always that big name, that big name superstar that was worldly known that was going to hit that. Wrestling does not have that right now. Wrestling doesn't have that person that you can look at and be like, oh, this is the finish. This is the finisher. They don't have that larger-than-life persona that can pull off a protected finish. No one has the prestige. And until you build the prestige, can you build the protected finish? And that doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. So the finishes cannot be protected or you lose that interest in the match. All right. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like that one. I saw, I saw that one on the question list. I like that a lot. It reminded me of Hale Collins because he's always talking about that. I would have loved to have – I would have loved to have had my argument against Hale's. Yes. Hale's Hale would have just flipped out the whole time, and I would have had to been calm and cool about the whole thing. I want. I still want to get him uh, the one about the team. You know, we won, we won, and he says, "What's there's no we." You know, because we're fans win. and we didn't do anything. Yeah. So let's get Hale on here. We'll we'll both uh, challenge him. Well, <laughs> if you if if you want to wait a week or so, we're gonna have him and Vic versus Team Tremendous in a debate show. Oh, no way. Yes. Oh, that's great. Awesome. So we will have six people in this tiny little box Zoom meeting, <laughs> yeah. leaving it to me and Larry to try and contain the madness that is to ensue. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. That one's going to be our, our big test on whether or not we can run this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a feeling that he's going to sit back and just be enamored like this. Probably, and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to be like, oh, oh, oh we're actually doing something here. <laughs> Change your pace. If it gets too out of hand, we're just gonna let them go and say fuck it. It'll be an outtake show. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. All right, last one. Last All one. Right. And Joe, it starts with you. Yep. Is NXT misusing Rhea Ripley with her current booking. Just NXT we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is NXT misusing Ripley with her current booking? Yes, because she's she was never meant to trickle back down that far to be in your mid-card or, or what you would call it, even though there's no mid-card title, to be your mid-card, kind of like a sideshow act right now, almost, to the point of where she's wrestling uh, Robert – Stone? Is that his yeah. Robert Stone? I think that's what he's calling himself. And Aaliyah. Yeah. And Aaliyah, you had you had your megastar. You had your next megastar and you kind of let her slip back. After the loss to Flair, which that was a huge heat magnet for Charlotte Flair. I don't disagree with that. I disagree with everything that happened after that. She, along with possibly Bianca Belair, they were two big, strong competitors. And you could see them doing damage to the whole women's division. Not just NXT, but the whole women's division in all of WWE. And to have her fall back to where there's one main goal in NXT. That's the championship. She doesn't even seem to be near that right now. And she isn't because there's a new number one contender. So to have her fall back, you don't want her to be forgotten about. Because once you forget, it's hard to get her back. Right. Scott? I'm gonna, well, I'm going to say no because I have to. Uh, but I'm going to say no because um, she did lose at Mania. But when she came back, they immediately put her in the title picture. Uh, and she was in that three-way match with... Io and Charlotte, Io, sorry. Um, and, you know, she lost the match, and now she's got to pay her dues. She's got to go back down the ladder. Um, I think long term, the story is definitely going to be her and Io, which is the match I think people want to see. But you don't want to, I don't think they want to put that out there just yet because they maybe they want to hold that off for a crowd. So I think the very recent booking, I mean, with if we're saying within the last two weeks, she was in, you know, one kind of comedy match just to keep her out of that title picture as she rebuilds herself. So I think we're just starting to see the beginning of the story of her rebuilding herself. So I would say no at the current time. I think the booking is, is exactly where it should be. You got to give EO another challenger that's obviously not going to take her title. Um, so I, I think with Rhea, I think you know, we're in a wait-and-see period right now. So I, I think that's exactly where she should be. All right. Well, to go – what? All right. For the whole wait-and-see, I don't think that this is the time is for a wait-and-see. You had her at a hot hand, and what happens when you bring her back? You're at a point where you need someone to gain a fan base. You just lost two – Huge fan bases because Charlotte's out and Becky's out. Two huge fan bases that are looking for someone else to get invested in. And you had that with Rhea Ripley. Now, when you knock her down the pegs, she's unable She's unable because she's not featured. You want her to be a main attraction to gain that fan base. She does not do that now being knocked down a peg. Now she has to fend and hope that she can keep the fans that she has now. Solid argument for 30 seconds. 
I think you have to let EO run with it for a bit. Um, I, I think, you know, Rhea's had a lot of time in the spotlight and she'll get that spotlight again. She's got a lot of time left. Um, but I think you got to give EO, um, you know, give her some room to breathe, have the, the belt for a while. Um, and I, again, I think right now you don't have fans. So Rhea's going to have her fans when they come back. So I think right now you just, um, you ride it out. All right. I think by Larry giving me that in the last question, forced my hand on which way to go with that. All I You're saw welcome. was a bunch of waving from you during that. <laughs> trying to throw you off. That's what it was. I think so. It almost worked. <laughs> Sometimes you got to Eddie Guerrero it. <laughs> this is true. So uh, that wraps up our topics. Uh, as always, uh, look for our thread in our episode post to vote for who you think won, whether it was Joe or whether it was Scott. And um, we will have that up uh, Wednesday, or actually Wednesday when we post and when this will be up and I'll have it up for about three, four days. So, uh, Scott, thank you so much uh, for taking the time and uh, sure. being on the show. It was good hanging out and talking with you. And uh, even yeah, though we you guys. able to do it down the 2300, at least we get yeah. to have you on. Absolutely. It was, a, it was a joy, man. It was great to talk to both you guys. Don't be strangers. Not at well, all. Do we have a choice? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott. Thanks again. And we hope everybody enjoyed this episode and we'll be talking to you very soon.